Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast, the show empowering and educating people on how they can grow, manage, and protect their wealth through real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Bailey Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Kramer, and today we are joined by our very special guest, Eric Martell. Eric purchased his first apartment building at just 18 years of age while still at university. Today, Eric wants to share what he has learned through his own experience so that we don't make the same mistakes he did on his journey. Eric says that financial freedom should be everyone's number one goal, and the best way to achieve that goal is through rental properties that generate passive income. Welcome to the show, Eric. Well, thank you for having me, Bailey. Yeah, I'm super excited. And just reading your, you know, your your bio and a little bit more about you. You started at 18 years uh, old while still in college. Similar to my story, I, I started. I'm still in college, and very cool to see. You know, you started young. Where you're at now, I'm uh-huh. super excited to jump into. You know, you got started with the uh, apartment building. I know now you're doing a lot of turnkey stuff, which we're going to jump into. Mm-hmm. But just to give the listeners a little bit more of a background yeah. about yourself, who you are. Um, why don't you go and tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I mean, so when, when I grew up, uh, I mean, that whole how that apartment building came about is really that uh, when I grew up, I was kind of like lower middle class kind of family. Um, so we were, not, we were not poor, but, you know, my parents were definitely nine to five people and uh, paycheck to paycheck. And then if they wanted to, you know, get a new car or anything like that, I mean, they had to save to get the down payment for the car and stuff right. like that and try to get a loan and stuff. So everything was, um, it was good, but, uh, you know, it was, it was tight. Uh, and I knew pretty, pretty young that that's not what what I wanted uh, out of my life, you know, nothing wrong with what my parents chose as a lifestyle, but I knew it was not for me. And um, so, yeah, so that's kind of like went about my life uh, in high school and elementary school. And throughout this whole time, I, everything I did, all the projects I wanted to do, all the things that I did, I was kind of like getting like thumbs up and, and yes from, uh, from everybody. I wanted to do a play when I was in school and stuff because I had read a book and I asked my teacher and she said, oh yeah, let's do it. Like she was a little bit surprised, of course, at the beginning, but that I wanted to do some, you know, some crazy stuff and start new clubs and investment clubs and all of that in high school. And all I received from, you know, teachers and sponsors and stuff like that was always yes. So I felt emboldened throughout my yeah. life. Uh, so I was very supportive. So that's uh, when I was at university, then I met uh, someone that was uh, a real estate investor. He was just a regular, you know, community college teacher and uh, he really inspired me to kind of like, okay, well, this is something I need to grab onto. Like this guy is just a regular guy and he managed to build a 36 unit apartment building. He was, uh, he was also looking at uh, building an old age home. He was looking at a shopping mall and all that kind of stuff. And this was like crazy, crazy. Right. He, was still, he was still teaching at, at, uh, at the college but you know he could probably he could have just stopped and and just do uh, real estate full time so 
so I basically asked him to, you know, do you want me to, do you want to, uh, to mentor me and tell me how that works and stuff like that? And what better way to learn than to do it yourself? Uh, so then I started looking at apartment buildings and on my own, and uh, it was a little bit easier because I had no income. So once you go into the apartment buildings, then it's more asset based. It's more focused on the building itself. Uh, if I was to buy a, a house, uh, you know, that makes it a lot more complicated and they're looking at W-2s and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have any of that. And um, so, yeah, and I didn't have money either. So I think I had like a, a hundred bucks or in my bank account, maybe 150 bucks in my bank account. And, um, you know, so that's, so we got started. And then what I finally looked at, a whole bunch of properties. I mean, the realtor that was helping me was basically telling me, ah, you can't find those things. You know, they don't exist. Mm -hmm. You know, cash flowing properties. I mean, no, you have to put a lot of money into it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but I was really, I was being also coached by my mentor and say, no, no, trust me, they're, they're in there somewhere. They're, They're hard to find what you're looking for, but they're in there. And, so this is kind of like, uh, you know, long story short, I ended up finding one and uh, negotiated with the vendor to get a second mortgage on that property. And so I got no money down, cash flowing property. The only money down I had to do is write a check for the, uh, the credit union that lent me the money for $75. So it was like half my bank account was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. but yeah, but you know, as you can, so from that, I mean, this is where I knew then at that point that, oh, this is possible for me to, um, to generate income without me having to kind of sell my hours or do something like that. Wow. So, wow. That's super incredible. And, and awesome that you were able to, to, to kind of find that young, you were able to have mm-hmm. a mentor that you were close with that was able to help and guide you through the whole process. And, um, very, very, very cool. So from yeah. there, you're still in, you're still in college. You're 18 years old. Just bought your first apartment. How many how many units was that one? Eight units. Eight units. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And wh- what where do you go from there? Did you end up finishing school? Did you end up buying more while still in college? What was kind of the next literally three years of of of, of your journey? Yeah. So the uh, the next was really graduating. Uh, so I was graduated as a in actuarial science, actuarial math, which is basically the math of financial risk. Uh, so we work, I worked a lot in with life insurance companies, with uh, pension plans and all of that. So that's, um, that's kind of what I did. So I wanted, I really wanted to graduate and get that done. Then i I wanted to get some money, you know, right. because uh, I, you know, that, that ca- it was not cash flowing that great. It was cash flowing, I think, like $250 a month. I needed more money to, right. to get that going. I felt I was a little bit lucky in a way to have found these properties because I had, I had gone through like binders. You know, in those days, MLS was not online or anything. So <laughs> I had to go through binders and binders and spend like many days trying to so that I can find this property. So I didn't feel like it was something that, could really scale up at this point so i said well i better get the job and then so i started working as an actuary moved uh, to a big city a bigger city uh, i was in montreal at the time moved to toronto in canada and then i i was still I, I was still looking for real estate i was still kind of looking at that and 
it was very hard to find in those in those big cities because you know the values so the prices of these properties are so high and they don't really uh, unless you have a lot of money they don't really cash flow right um so yeah so i just kept on working did the high tech then moved to california in 2000 with you know that's a big jump here but uh moving in 2000 with my family uh and i was working in high tech basically i had tons of stock options um and uh just arrived here and then a few months later uh in 2001 that the dot-com bubble burst and basically kind of i had diversified my my stocks but i diversified in stock so <laughs> so diversification in the same asset class is should not be considered diversification <laughs> right and uh because the whole market uh, went downhill uh at that time in 2001 so i got kind of wiped out uh lost a, a lot of money there and um then i thought i want to get control of this thing i want to to have passive income i want to be in control of that investment because i felt that this whole dot com and all the stock market and stuff like that i mean yeah you're sending your money out but you know, you're not controlling the company. They can decide, you know, oh, I'm going to do this crazy thing. And, right. and all of a sudden the stock goes down and the stuff goes up when it was like, <laughs> so, yeah. So that's when I started looking at, at passive income. And again, when I was in San Francisco, San Francisco Bay area, I was looking for rental properties and it, again, it didn't make sense. I had, I had some, some money now and uh, I was looking for apartment buildings and talking to other investors. And they were basically telling me that, yeah, you won't find anything that's going to cash flow with a good return. Obviously, right. you can have something cash flow. You throw enough cash at it, it's going to cash flow. <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, basically the, uh, yeah, the returns didn't make sense. And uh, unless I went like, like three hours away or four hours away, then I could find some apartment buildings and all of that that would cash flow. But I didn't want I didn't want that. In my mindset, I was still kind of, you know, I had to be close. I had to be able to get to the building and all of that. So I kind of put that on the on the back burner. And then, like five five six years ago, then we uh, we my younger son came to me and said, "Hey, I want to do real estate investment." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> it kind of like threw me back and said, oh my God, can't believe we're going back to that. So we, you know, we did that. We did, uh, he took some, uh, some training and all of that. And he was, uh, he also get his uh, real estate license and all that kind of stuff. And that's when him, uh, myself and my older son kind of like got started into, uh, into the real estate investing we tried in the Bay Area do flips and stuff, and uh, it was we felt like we were always like the the small fish in the big pond. Like there was always people with bigger wallet that could just you know buy this property, and uh, you know for you know for a huge amount of money. Like when the last property, the the property that drew the the camel's back or whatever, yeah, is uh, is a property in San Francisco in inner Richmond, and you know, it was for sale on the market for seven fifty. We went, we went to see it, and uh, it was a complete gut job. 
two-story, be- beautiful structure and everything, but complete gut job. Like hole, hole in the roof, wow. molds, uh, rocks, you name it, windows missing and all of that. Almost sounds like and, a teardown. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think the structure was still pretty good. The foundation looked good and all of that. And so I'm not sure exactly. It's, it's as if a meteorite actually hit the wow. the uh, the roof like, <laughs> you know, a few years ago. And it's just like, it was insane. So I put an offer for one point four million dollars on that one i had a partner with me we said okay yeah we had some other people that would uh, lend us the money hard money lenders and all of that 1.4 and it went for 1.8 million wow and i said this okay that's it i said (laughs) we have to go back to the drawing board this is not working right i mean and we had been doing it for months and trying to find the property and um so that's when we started looking outside, outside the Bay Area. So where we are limited funds would go a much, a much longer way. And, um, and we did our first investment in, uh, in Memphis, a single family rental. Again, you know, we were focused on passive income. We wanted to, and then we started building our, our portfolio that way. We bought a house. Uh, we had a contractor property management in place. So we really building the team. And then went very well. The renovations went very well. And then we bought a couple more and then that went very well as well. And then we just packaged this in a portfolio loan. And, you know, so so that, so all that went very well. So then we decided, okay, yeah, we're on the right track now. So, and that's kind of how, how we got started. Okay. Got it. So when you moved to Tennessee, uh, did you guys, we didn't move to Tennessee. We're still in California. Oh, you're still, you were still in, are you still in California now? Yeah, yeah, we're in LA right now. Gotcha. So you guys stayed in California. You just wanted to pick a better yeah. market. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So Tennessee, yeah. Memphis, Tennessee was the market you guys chose to invest in. Yeah. And at the time, were you strictly buying them as rentals or were you, were you also doing some flips as well? At the beginning, it was strictly rental. We just were building a portfolio of, uh, of rental properties for ourselves. So that, gotcha. that was our intention. And then... Uh, um, so, yeah, so we kept going. And then our friends and family started asking, saying, what are you guys doing? You know, it's just like, because we had started all kinds of different businesses. Like we had like a gourmet sauce company at one point. We had catering. We had yeah. uh, low carb grocery store. We <laughs> had, and I, w- I had been doing like independent consulting for, for many years. And uh, so, yeah, so when they, they didn't hear from us for in a while, I said, like, what are you guys up to, you know? And so, oh, we're doing this thing in Memphis or whatever. So Memphis, what are you doing? <laughs> that's that's yeah. funny. So then some of them say, okay, well, I want to invest with you guys. And so that's kind of how that got started. And then after a few more months, then we realized that some people wanted to actually buy the finished product. They wanted to buy them turnkey. And then they said, okay, well, let's, let's do this. And uh, we started Martel Turnkey at that point. Right. So w- what year was it that you guys started Martel Turnkey? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was probably 2017. Okay. 17. Got it. So yeah. if you can kind of just break down super simple, what does it mean turnkey? What, what does that model look like? So turnkey is basically that everything has been done for you. So the uh, we we buy the distressed property, we renovate it, we find a tenant for you, and then you as the buyer, the turnkey buyer, 
you would basically uh, get the house with a tenant and stuff like that. We introduce you to the property manager. We introduce you to the lender. We introduce you to the insurance company. And it's really, it's perfect for someone who is working full time and uh, doesn't have time to research the market and handle contractors out, outside, of, out of state and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, so this is all done for you, cash flowing from day one. And we also have like, uh, we even have like a appraisal uh, matching. So if we sold you the property at uh, $90,000, for example, and the appraisal from the bank comes up at uh, 85, we're going to match the price, uh, the selling price to $85,000. Wow. So we're the expert in the market. We should be, we should know exactly kind of what it, the price, the after repair value of the of the property is. We we should know the the rent. We should know all these things. And so yeah, so that's what, what we feel, and that's why we do the uh, the appraisal matching. Gotcha. That's very cool. So I have a question about the the, the model itself. So you mentioned how mm-hmm. when when you guys when the whole Martell family was starting to invest in this place called Memphis, Tennessee, your friends were like, "What do you do? Like, where where is yeah. that? What is that?" And obviously when, when people hear you doing something kind of cool, they, they want to get involved. So, mm-hmm. uh, typically the way, uh, t- typically a lot of the times when people want to get involved, either there'll be lenders or maybe they'll get a mm-hmm. piece of the equity. Why yep. was it that you guys chose the, um, the model you guys did the turnkey model versus just making the, the investors, maybe even in, in a small equity partner? Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things. Uh, there was uh, we did all of those things. So okay. we sold some properties. Uh, we also did PML. So some of our investors they they wanted to just lend money. Uh, so we had you know, and we still have some people, original investors from the beginning that uh, you know they're still with us and investing with us. We did some joint ventures as well. Um, so yeah, so we we did it all. Uh, at the beginning, because we wanted to, uh, you know, people wanted to have different goals and stuff right. like that. Some people didn't want to be landlord, they just wanted to have a, a quick uh, profit and take some some of the risk. And then we would split the profit. So we so we involved them in joint ventures. Uh, otherwise, you know, some people wanted to have some kind of cash flow over a long period of time. And uh, that was steady. So we involved them in the PML. So that's kind of what, um, yeah, we really did, did all of it at the beginning. Right. And And we we still have some PML right now. We still, we don't do JVs anymore. Um, But yeah, we still do PML and we obviously have a lot of turnkey. And and PLM, is that lending? PML, uh, private money lender. Sorry. PML, private money. Yeah, right. Okay. Just wanted to clarify. So you guys have it going in, 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 in Memphis. So explain to if someone's looking to invest in, in Memphis or just invest in real estate, but like you said, yeah. they don't really want to interview the tenants and find the property management. They need a, they, they need a turnkey system. So yeah. what does that process look like on, on their end? And, and yeah, how does that look like? And, and how are kind of returns and all that kind of stuff calculated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from a, from a turnkey buyer perspective, I mean, it's pretty, pretty simple. I mean, they would go on our website right now. We have like a, three markets, three active markets. We have Memphis. Uh, we also have Cleveland 
and we have St. Louis right now. So we're also looking at the suburb of Detroit that we're, we're, we're starting to invest in there and test the system and the contractor and all that kind okay. of stuff. So all these markets, I mean, we go in there first, our money, we take all the risk, make sure that this is working right. before we involve any investors in, in these markets. Um, so, but you know, Memphis and Cleveland, we've been in there since the very beginning and we have solid team on the ground. Um, in term, from the turnkey buyer then, I mean, they would go on our website. Uh, right now, our website, we're, we're, it shows sold out, but we have like 60 projects right now, six zero um, wow. projects that are at different stages of development. Um, so just this last couple of months, we bought like 12 properties, uh, a month, uh, this month we have bought eight. We're on track to buy like eight, uh, another eight this week. So we're going to be wow. at 16 this month. So we're buying a lot of properties and, uh, basically, um, the, the turnkey buyer would basically talk to somebody that's on the, on our sales team and, uh, they would identify a property, uh, for them. And uh, then they would be walked through the whole process. They would be introduced to the, the lender. Then they would start working with the lender, get the financing organized. They would work with uh, a little bit later with the property management company. So we just introduce them along the way to all the right. different players. And then at the very end, once the, uh, the renovations are complete, uh, then the they get pictures of their property. They get, uh, if they want to send an inspector, they, they get, uh, they can send the inspection, um, uh, schedule the inspection, get all of that. The bank would schedule the appraisal, uh, all that kind of stuff. Then we let them know about the tenant. So we start, the pictures are also used to, to market the property. And, um, and then we, they get then, um, you know, the, the tenant, once the tenants actually move in. Right. Awesome. That's very, very, very cool. Very unique. So for these tenants, is it all long-term tenants, 12 month leases, mm -hmm. or do yeah. some, do some people say, I want to Airbnb the property? So they, so if they want to do that, I mean, that's fine. They just need to let us know upfront, right. uh, but typically the market is very different and the locations of these properties are, are very different. Um, so the neighborhoods that we're in, they're very residential, um so they're kind of okay. they don't they could be used for airbnb to a certain extent yeah but uh they're really more for residential for long-term tenant yeah, if you yeah. want to airbnb you want to be closer to the action um yeah. so yeah so, okay that makes sense yeah. so something that you said that that i was like whoa is you guys have been acquiring about 12 give or take a month mm -hmm. so <laughs> that, that that's a big question for for a lot of investors how do you get that money you know, the, the, the deal flow, the lead flow. So yeah. what are you guys doing as far as being able to acquire and find 12, 12 properties that, that fit your bill? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> we do it all. We do everything. So, um, so yeah, we have an acquisition team, uh, and then they basically, uh, yeah, we analyze all, a lot of deals and these deals come from, uh, from, uh, wholesalers. We have a lot of wholesalers, we also uh, started last year our own wholesaling company, uh, and we have two people managing that and, and leading that, and uh, that's called Rocket Offer, O-F-F-R. 
And um, so they're, they're sending us deals as well that we analyze. Uh, we are getting also deals from the realtor on the ground. So each of these market, we have like one realtor that's kind of like heading the way there. And they find they have all kinds of, uh, of pocket deals and all of that. We deal with other wholesalers. And we also go on MLS. We also have, we all still find properties on MLS. And um, yeah, and we analyze it all. And it's really about the speed, about getting it, getting it done. So right. our acquisition team, I mean, as soon as they get it, I mean, we, we are on it and we, uh, we put them under contract as soon as possible. We have almost no contingencies. Um, so yeah, and then wow. we have our contractor can go in there like right away and then kind of do a walkthrough. And are you guys buying these properties cash? That's my first question. Or are you guys financing mm-hmm, yeah. these properties? Do you have a typical cash? Cash. All cash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the contractor that you're using, is he somebody that works for Martel Turnkey? Is he just someone that you guys partner with on every project? Do you have multiple contractors? How do you manage that renovation side of things? Yeah. So we have we have multiple contractors uh, and the property management company, along with the realtor and stuff like that. Uh, or the project manager is actually uh, handling the contractor on the ground, um, like all the progress and all of that and then doing the walkthroughs. Uh, but yeah, we have like about at least 10, 10 crews in, uh, in Cleveland. Um, and then we have like three in, uh, in Memphis. And um, so, yeah, we're, build, we're building these teams. Love and basically, uh, yeah, I mean, the project manager that's on the ground is, uh, is kind of like, walking through the properties on a regular basis, make sure everything is fine and sending us right. pictures or, you know, if we have, if we need some. Right. Very cool. And then yeah. as far as the property management goes, yeah, I, I can imagine, because you, like you said, it's turnkey comes with the property management in place. Is that your company as well? Or do you partner with the third party property manager? Yeah. Third party as well. So um, yeah. So that, that third party company is, um, yeah, it's just a, it's the same property property manager that we're using uh, for our own properties, and uh, we've been working with them uh, for you know for since the beginning, really. Very so, cool. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, because I think something that's very important is uh, when we do out of state kind of investing, uh, and I think there's a as a turnkey buyer or a real estate investor, there's a level of discomfort about. Yeah. Uh, in you know being in investing somewhere out of state the properties you've never seen and stuff like that so and relying on other people so it's very important to build that build that trust build that relationship and um so we've we've done that with these people with uh, these groups with these uh teams so the contractors these are solid contractors that we've worked with for for many years property management the realtors and all of that so we've built a very strong relationship with them and um what was um yeah i mean and that's the kind of thing that we couldn't have done like before like the iphone right (laughs) Uh, now now we can easily you know that's then that's not that far that's that uh far away like this was like in 2007 2008 that's when the iphone came up came about and just like with the cameras and the video uh the facetime and all that i mean you can have we couldn't have done this business uh without being on a plane the whole time or moving to memphis like you know 10 years ago we wouldn't have been able to do that that's a good point so how often do you actually yourself or someone on your team go to Tennessee from California? Do you guys go yeah, there? we don't. 
Yeah, maybe like once, once. Right now we have, I'm one of my son, my younger son, uh, he moved to Memphis. So he's been there since uh, December of last year. Okay. So he's he's there permanently. Uh, then we go to Cleveland maybe uh, once, once or twice a year. Um, we're planning to go uh, there actually in June, July. Uh, then we have, we're going to St. Louis as well. Um, yeah, and then we're going to Memphis in, in May for the barbecue fest. Oh, nice. That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds very good. So another, uh, another yeah. I, I have one last question, um, super important, yeah. just kind of came to mind is, so you have all these markets, you have the Cleveland, Memphis, um, somewhere in Michigan now that you're looking at, how do you actually go about finding these new markets and being mm-hmm. comfortable and confident and kind of going there, doing your due diligence, but then, you know, shaking your head, yes. And then setting up camp there and running it from California. So yeah. I guess, h- how do you find those markets? Well, so I, we start first at the, at the high level, like at the macro level. Um, so we are looking for, um, and I've shared a lot of that data, my, my data that I use for analyzing this on a, on a website called investor-list.com. Um, and that's free. So it's basically all the data that I've compiled and um, and we're looking at demographics. So we, you kind of have to imagine what is the best market uh, for me to invest in as a real estate investor, right? So I want to have um, so a, a passive, that's something that generates positive cash flow. So I want to be somewhere that's landlord friendly. Right. Right. I want to, so obviously, so California is out, um, <laughs> right? I want to be, somewhere where I can find good values for properties where the, um, you know, the unemployment is low, like there's lots of tenants out there that the, um, and when we can kind of look at the, the price to value ratio or, or the rent to value ratio is, I think that I would be able to kind of like find something that a neighborhood at least that would have, uh, that would be cash flowing. Right. And then you, you kind of look at that and you kind of like narrow down to about like five or 10, 10 markets. And this is how we, we came up with with Memphis. We came up with Cleveland. We came up with there's a number of other markets like that, that that work out. And, they, and, and they've all worked out. Yeah, they've all worked out. But at the, the next level after that is also very important is like, yeah, I mean, there's always even if Cleveland, I mean, I can find a market in Cleveland where the properties are not going to cash flow. Their neighborhoods that I don't want to invest in. Right. And um, so the next level after that is really once you identify the the city or the market that you're going to go in, is really start building the team, finding the right the right person, and uh, that's probably the most important uh, piece of it. Because yeah, you can identify the market, but if you don't have a person out there that you, that's reliable, that is going to respond that's going to be responsive that knows what we're looking for right then you know we're not going to go in the market um and this is actually why you know we haven't been in detroit ever and right. that we're just getting started now because we found someone that uh, that is good we've been looking for that but now we found someone got it very cool yeah yeah. Well, very very insightful uh you know this this whole turnkey thing super cool because uh-huh. you guys pretty much have to master the, the whole the whole front end and the back end even though a lot of it is third party you really have to understand so it's cool to to pick your brain and 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 hear hear your knowledge about 
you know, the, the whole system. So mm-hmm. now we're not going to move on to the next section of our show, which is the big mm-hmm. four, where we ask all yep. of our guests the same four questions. So Eric, number one, what's your number one habit for success? So I think it's very good to have like a daily, daily practice, right? So, and I think at, at the beginning of the day, I always start with kind of like going swimming or, you know, or running or something like that to, and, and kind of focus and kind of step away, take some distance from the day-to-day activity. So I, I don't go and dive into my emails right away because I know I'm just going to be lost and forget about everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, so some activity, clear your mind, get things going and, uh, and then spend like 15, 20 minutes and, uh, and say, okay, what are my priorities for today? What do I have to accomplish today? So I think that's very important. Otherwise, as you, when you get started, you're going to lose focus of uh, right. what's important. Very cool. Yeah. Love that. <clears throat> so Eric, number two, Limiting beliefs are thoughts in our heads that hold us back from realizing our potential. What is one limiting belief that you were able to crush and how did that impact your life? Oh my God. This is, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I wrote a book uh, last year called Stop Trading Your Time for Money. Okay. And I have a whole section about that, about the limiting belief and how important it is. And as I mentioned earlier too, like my, uh, when I went to school and stuff like that, I had a lot of re- positive reinforcement and support from all the teachers and stuff like that. But it was not like that at home. You know, my mother was always like, uh, oh, you know, money is evil and stuff like that. And, you know, being rich is not going to make you happy. And the, you right. know, the typical, typical thing. And, um, and don't trust, don't trust anybody, uh, you know. That, I, that you have to get rid of that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, because you can't do business without trusting people. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, that's, so that, that's probably the biggest one that I had to, uh, to overcome is about trusting people. And then, um, you know, and then kind of like identify and, you know, you trust them by kind of like investing in them, investing time, investing energy in, in right. something in the relationship. And then see how it is, and then you can invest more and more and more. It's the same. It's the same as an investment, regular investment, right? So, right. Um, so you kind of invest a little bit, make sure things are working out, and then if it goes well, then you kind of invest some more. Yeah, so, love it. Mm-hmm. Good point. So, question number three: Where do you see yourself or your business in five to ten years? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good one. So we, we see ourselves in in a lot of a uh, lot more markets. Um, so definitely, uh, we also um, yeah. So that uh, definitely a lot more market, more sales team, more Martel turnkey, and also helping our turnkey buyer to kind of once you've, they've built that portfolio, uh, is maybe moving if they're interested in moving into the apartment, uh, the multifamily side of it. So we've done that already a little bit uh, this year. We've actually sold two of our apartment buildings um, to, you know, basically investors that were kind of like ready to move on to kind of like the next next level. Got it. Um, so and they were turnkey as well, and uh, so maybe that's kind of like where things are going to go. Cool. But we're really identifying kind of like what's what's the need for these for for our investors and kind of how how do we help them? Right. Very cool. Very cool. So question number four, what is your favorite real estate business or personal development related book? Oh, uh, beside my own book, stop trading. <laughs> money. Uh, I think that, um, 
I think one of them is what got you here won't get you there. It's not really, uh, there's a lot of books that I, I really, I really liked and they're very kind of, uh, they, they've really shifted my mindset on yeah. a, a lot of things. And I think they're very important, but what got you here uh, won't get you there. This is uh, what's interesting about this book is uh, that people often don't realize that once you so you're working nine to five you know right. you're used to a certain routine you're used to being told what to do you know i'm kind of <laughs> right uh, it's kind of it's not exactly true but you know you're kind of like you know, you don't have to worry about it the paycheck is going to come in and blah 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 right. now when you go into and you start being financially free and you you quit your nine to five job eventually and all of that this is a different mindset now this is now you're a business person and um, so there's a there's a shift of of that uh, there's a mind shift that needs to happen, and that that's very important. And I think that what got you here won't get you there is is kind of helping that helping you realize that yeah you got a lot of very good skills you got a lot of uh, you know exactly how to do this and how to use the system and how to process this information and do that, but that's not you don't need that on the other side when you go and uh, you have a rental portfolio and right. you have multiple apartment building that's different some of it is transferable but a lot of it is right you you learn these skills you realize that you learn these skills just for the job right and this is not something that's really helping you gotcha wow never i that's a book that I, I think I've seen. It looks familiar. Yeah. The, the title of it, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. That's interesting. Mm. Something I'll definitely have to check out. So yeah. Eric, last question I have for you is where can the listeners get a hold of you? So uh, one of the best way is probably on Instagram, E underscore Martel. Uh, on Facebook, I'm on eric.martel.ca. Uh, I also have a website, marteleric.com, where all my social uh, social media things are. And um, yeah. Fantastic. Well, Eric, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. Super cool to hear about your journey. 18 year old, you know, buying that first eight unit apartment complex, then taking, you know, a little different path, finishing college, the actuary route, and then jumping back into the real estate realm of things. The Martell turnkey, super cool, super unique. And it's awesome to see what you guys have done up to this point. And excited to see what you guys are going to do five, 10, 10 years down the line. So Eric, thanks again for coming on. Well, thank you, Bailey. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast. For more resources or to connect with us further, please visit our website, www.baileykramer.com. We'll see you next time.